Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Sheila Darling Coaching. Sheila Darling is a social worker, certified hypnotherapist, and mindfulness meditation teacher, and could be your start to a more peaceful life. And today's episode is also brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products produced and packaged in the United States. Uh, And we'll hear more about our sponsors later, but these sponsors make this podcast possible. So if you can please head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page if you need anything. Check there and see if you can give any of our sponsors your business. And while you're there, you can scroll down and enter your email address and get episodes sent straight to your inbox every Monday. And now Diane has our review of the week. I do have our review of the week. It is from iTunes and it's from Emily and Sean's mom. And she says that we are great to listen to from last trimester and beyond. I started listening to this in my last trimester before my second baby was born, and it has been super helpful, even for a second time mom like me. And I breastfed my first and she was two, until she was two plus years old. It's so comforting and reassuring, and I love being able to jump around to topics that are coming up for me in this new breastfeeding journey. Love this podcast, and I'm recommending it to every mom and partner, too, that I know. Thank you so much. And this is a really good point that it could be your fifth baby and you still need a little bit of new information. You still need to kind of have that support. Every baby's different. So I'm really glad that she found us and thank you so much. And I hope everything is going well with your second baby. Well, and things totally, you forget. Oh my God. I mean, totally I, when do. I was breastfeeding Jack, I breastfed Jack. He was a toddler. I had Exley. I was like, okay, it's fine. Everything will be fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Famous last words. I know. And then I had no idea how to breastfeed him. Like I had just completely forgotten. You just completely forget. You're just, you're new every time. Oh my God. Every, every time, time you're brand new. So yeah, it's really, and then there, there were completely different issues. They were all, it was, it's all so different. Totally different babies. It's just totally. And I swear, and I tell this to everybody, and I'm half joking, but I'm half serious too, that those first phases of your newborn, like that first month, we block it out and forget about it. And that's the only reason why we have more children. I really think, you know, so it's like you have this new baby and you're like, oh my God, I don't even remember this from the first time. What did I do? How did I hold them? Was this was this normal? Were they up this much? Were they did I they need to be held this much? Like you just forget. Yeah, you totally block it out. I think that's why we get up every day, right? Oh my god. Because we yeah. block out the day before. We block out the day before. Exactly. <laughs> we need to. We wouldn't make it through this life. I remember but, my old my old boss, she was like, I was having I I was pregnant with Jack, my first, and I was talking to her about she was talk she didn't have kids and had no plans to have kids. And she was talking about friends of hers that had kids. And she was, you know, she went through the kind of the first kid with them and then they got pregnant again. And she was like, why would you do that again? She's like, well, you just block it all out. I don't even remember. And she goes, well, I remember. (laughs) (laughs) I remember all of your problems. Yeah. You don't count. Oh, my gosh. It's true, though. You just totally... You totally block it out. Yeah. And my mom, I know my mom's always like, oh, yeah, no. It talks like so, like, (laughs) 
so wonderfully about herself and my, you know, childhood. And I'm like, I don't, what? And she's like, I don't remember that. I'm like, yeah, I know. Oh my gosh. You clearly don't remember that. Yeah. I love it when people tell me, oh, my mom said that I slept through the night as soon as I got home. <laughs> my mom said that I wasn't a good breastfeeder. My mom said, I'm like, your mom is going back 30 years. She says, no, it's not like, remember. She does not remember clearly what is going on. It's totally fine. Just no. go with your own experience. <laughs> yeah. But it's, I mean, it's totally true. You need that help and support every single time. That's why yeah. we're here. Yeah, and that very much relates to our topic today. Oh my gosh. Which is a big thing that everybody is probably going to want, at least wonder about or go through. Because I'm sure you've met somebody who has gone through it. Yeah. Or thinks they have so to many go people through have. it. Yeah. yeah. This has been a pretty common thing, this whole tongue tie issue. Yeah. So let's go. Should, did, were you done <laughs> talking? <laughs> <laughs> I was. Yes. Okay. I guess I was. Okay. Yes. No, I totally was. Yeah. So thank you for the review. I'll put that out there again. Yeah. And you can leave them on iTunes. That helps us. Oh, yeah. Totally leave them on iTunes. It helps us. You can send us an email. Carrier pigeon, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Smoke signals. It all works. We just like just to get it. the bat signal in the sky. Oh, the bat the signal. Bat, our yeah. logo. The baby oh. giving <gasps> the finger logo into the sky. Yes. We'll come and help. That would be fabulous. <laughs> I need that. Diane's like, how can we project that? On I know. The moon? I'm totally <laughs> trying to think of that right now, too. I'm like, come on. Don't Not I know possible. somebody <laughs> that can do that? Come on. Someone with a giant moon projector. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody knows anyone, let me know. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're going to talk about lip and tongue ties. I don't even know how to get started with this because it's so like, it's such a crazy, I feel like it's such a crazy topic. They're everywhere. Is, yeah. I know. And it's 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 one of those things that I also think you see a lot uh, suggested from like peer to peer, you know, mm -hmm. in the in the mom groups, the parent groups, the breastfeeding groups, the chest feeding, breastfeeding, chest feeding community online, whatever, kind of not supervised by lactation consultants or, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, my baby's having difficulty this. Well, they probably have a lip tie or a tongue tie. You should, you know, get that clipped right away. You know, that is a really and, good, I'm glad you brought that up because that is one of the things that we do see and that can cause a lot of problems. Yeah. It cause a lot of problems. The, the, the advice or the clipping of the... The advice. The advice, Because yeah. it's not, nobody's going off looking at your baby. They're right. Just like, nobody's oh, actually yeah. seen the baby. Nobody yeah. has seen the baby. And like... And there are yeah. times where like people will post pictures, like people post pictures of those like super severe tongue ties, like those really rare, really severe ones. Mm -hmm. And like anyone could be like, whoa, <laughs> that's problematic, you know, but like that's not usually how it is. And also just posting a picture on social media is not like getting the actual like help right. or the, you know, trying to decide with a professional what the appropriate intervention would be for that. <laughs> Please do not have your baby diagnosed over a social media group. Yeah. That is just not the way to do it. And if there is a health professional in that social media group that diagnoses your child, shame on them because they're not supposed to be doing that. So it really, you really need to have your child looked at if you're worried that this is an issue. 
than see a, a lactation consultant in person. Even the videos, people will contact me and be like, can you tell this over video? And it's like, you know, I can tell a lot by asking certain questions. But honest to God, when it comes to like a, a tongue tie situation, you want to be able to see that baby and see how their tongue functions because it's right. all about the functionality of the tongue. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I mean, sometimes it matters. I, I'll, I will say that. Sometimes it does matter. Like you said, those really extreme ones. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it comes down to functionality and how much movement your baby's tongue has. And you can't tell that by a picture. Can't see that just by looking. Yeah. I mean, when I had, so I had Jack, I didn't know anything about, that was like not something that came up. And I started to hear about them later. And I've been on, I've been in the, you know, the community, the social media, breastfeeding, chest feeding community for, I guess, nine years now. And when I first started, I didn't really hear about this. Right. And then as a couple years, few years went by, it was everywhere. And every baby had a lip tie or a tongue tie. And a lot of babies were getting it clipped and, you know, all that, the, the you know, the pretty invasive surgery or whatever procedure to get it. Not that it's not warranted sometimes because it totally is, but. Right. Um, but it was just became like this, the biggest trend really in the community where it was just so, it was such a hot topic. So anyway, Exley was born. And Exley, I've told this story before, that Exley in the, his first week or so, um, the thing that first alerted me to an issue was that his poop didn't, it was like, you know how they start out with the greenish poop and then it changes to kind of more brown poop? Yeah. So his poop was still green and it wasn't changing. Um, and so I was just like, I don't know. I'm looking on Google, you know, and it says it should have changed by now, but I don't know. And so and then I took him to like get weighed or whatever, and he hadn't gained any weight. So I called this by this time. I knew who to call. I had a, my Nancy Moorbacher was a friend of mine, is a friend of mine. And I called her and she's a lactation consultant. If nobody she's knows. amazing. Yeah, she's wonderful. And she was like, she just talked to me on the phone. She said, OK, so he didn't lose weight, which is good. Um. But like, she just asked me a few questions because I was also tandem nursing. She's like, so what like method are you using for tandem nursing? I was like, method? (laughs) (laughs) There's a method? I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm just putting them on. She's like, well, just make sure that when you put the baby on, the new baby, that they're getting like the fuller breast. I was like, oh, okay. I wasn't paying any attention to that. And then, you know, try a few things. And I had taken actually actually in person to another lactation consultant friend of mine. So I had like a whole, (laughs) like the dream team. Uh, Actually, but and and she was kind of like looking at him like does he have a she was like let's see if he's got like you know a little tongue tire situation or whatever and so she puts him on the floor she has him cry he's like laying there crying and she's looking at his tongue and and um she was like i'm looking to make sure that the tongue reaches the top of his mouth and um and i'm looking at it and i can see that it's not Mm. and i was like oh well so what do you think she goes i don't know she's like i don't know i don't know I don't basically she just told me I don't know a bunch of times and then so I went back to Nancy <laughs> Morbacher and it took that information and she said, Well I said, so she checked him and she said, Well, what did she find? What did she think? And I said, Well, she it didn't look like his tongue was really reaching the top of his mouth. And but then she just said she didn't really know. And so Nancy was like, Well, let's just try it, let's just try a couple things, you know, because that's not that's just one clue. That's not like the end all be all of this situation. Correct. Like maybe he has a slight tongue tie. Maybe that is something that's happening. 
But like if we try to help him and help you to like transfer more milk, maybe it's just not a thing to maybe it's not affecting anything. So I tried a few things that she suggested, like breast compressions and getting a deeper latch and, you know, of course, starting him on the full breast, not just an empty one. Well, not that your breast is ever empty, but, you know, just getting the fuller one while letting Jack kind of empty the other one. And he gained twice as much as he should have in, you know, like average. Mm -hmm. He like doubled what an average baby would gain in that next week. (sighs) So the tongue tie situation just was not it was just like, well, yeah, maybe that's something that's present, but it's not affecting anything. So, you know, what we thought was an issue is now fixed. So we're just going to move right along and leave that to be. Right. And that's, I mean, I I feel like that's the correct way to look at it. Like you have to look at all the things. And there was a time in my lactation consultant journey that I did see a lot of tongue ties or I thought that that was the issue. Because I wasn't as educated on a lot of things regarding tongue tie and muscle movement and, you know, tongue mobility and all of those things. And the more educated that I got, the more I realized, okay, there could be a lot of different things going on here. And sometimes you're right. Sometimes it absolutely is just, let's fix the positioning. And that might actually do the trick. Positioning plays a huge role in everything that's going on with your baby and how they how they breast or chest feed. Huge. So make sure the positioning is right is really important because I have seen babies go through very invasive procedures and it doesn't help. It doesn't fix anything. It only makes it worse because that wasn't the problem to begin with. Mm-hmm. And that is really sad. And sometimes, and I've seen this too, where those, because those procedures can be invasive, those babies develop an oral aversion and Mm. it takes a lot of time and energy and patience to get them back to the breast at all because they just don't want to do anything. So it can be really, really discouraging to go through all that and then have it not work. But you need to know you need to talk to somebody that really is skilled with it. You really do. And make sure that this is what you want to do and make sure that it's a necessary thing. Yeah. You don't want to like look at your baby, you know, you don't want to be like, okay, I'm breastfeeding. Everything's going fine. And then you hear about like lips and tongue ties and then go, oh my God, let me check my baby. Oh my God. I think they have a tongue tie. Oh my God. Let me bring them to a specialist. Every. (laughs) But your baby was drinking, you know, your baby's getting milk. Everything's fine. If your baby's drinking milk and getting enough, enough, transferring enough milk, that's the bottom line, right? Right. If your baby can get the milk out, then there's not an issue. So I have this really cool article that came. So I belong to a little group here and where I live, um, it's our like little feeding collaborative and there's, you know, a few people that work with um, breast and chest feeding parents in different avenues. So like lactation, there's speech language pathologists, there's chiropractors, there's cranial sacral therapists. There's just like a bunch of different people in this group. And one of the things we do talk about a lot is because a lot of us work with the same patients. So we do talk a lot about, lip and tongue ties and whether or not 
this is necessary, whether or not with this patient it's necessary, whether or not with this patient it's necessary. So um, one of them sent up this really great, very recent article, um, like within the last year, about lip and tongue ties and the differences and stuff like that. And the stats are really crazy. So even though this is a very recent article, the stats that they're that they're projecting here are from early in 2000. So it says, despite a stable U.S. birth rate, ankyglossia, which is a fancy word for tongue tie, diagnosis rose from 5,000 and two in the year 2000 to 33,000 in the year 2012. Wow. And phrenotomy, which is the procedure that is done to release a tongue tie, phrenotomy rates increased from 1,600 to 12,000. Wow. And often, it says here, often social media groups lead mothers to high volume phrenotomy providers, which is exactly what happens. Yeah, I feel like this is what happens. We get, we start to become aware of an issue, which is great. And awareness grows and all of that. But then in, then throughout the process of this awareness, sometimes an overdiagnosis and overintervention starts happening. And because we, talk- we don't really fully understand the scope of this. True. Oh, no, I was going to say, should we talk more about that and more about some of these stats after our sponsors? We should. Ooh. We'll be right back. Ah. Today's episode is sponsored by Sheila Darling Coaching. A new baby can add intense amounts of anxiety and depression. No sleep, feeling overwhelmed, looking at your sweet baby and wondering how this tiny human can cause so much chaos. The transition to parenthood is an entire identity shift you weren't prepared for. If one more person tells you that this time goes by so quickly, you might just punch them in the face. Transitioning to a new family member takes patience, self-compassion, and support. Sheila Darling Coaching can be that professional support that Diane and I are always saying there is no shame in getting. Sheila Darling is a social worker, certified hypnotherapist, and mindfulness meditation teacher, and could be your start to a more peaceful life. Head to SheilaDarling.com to schedule your consultation today. Mention this badass breastfeeding podcast when scheduling your consultation and receive 10% off of a coaching package. And today's episode is also brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products produced and packaged in California, USA. Scrumptious Baby Cream is a multi-purpose protective barrier baby cream to keep skin smooth and soft. Natural zinc provides an environmental defense, gentle yet ultra-moisturizing for happy baby and happy skin. You won't need to worry about harsh chemicals irritating your baby's skin. All of Original Sprouts products are paraben and phthalate-free, vegan and cruelty-free. Their proprietary formulas contain nourishing extracts from fruits, vegetables, and flowers that the whole family can enjoy. Made for babies, perfect for grown-ups too. Check out the entire line at OriginalSprout.com and use code BADASS for 25% off of your purchase. And these sponsors and their promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode on BadassBreastfeedingPodcast.com. Our show notes will also include further information about things we talk about in this episode and at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you will also find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. 
That is always a mouthful sentence. <laughs> and a necessary show, one. A necessary, necessary one. Show. Yeah. Yes. Um, today's shout out goes to Shishi Rose. Um, Shishi Rose is on Instagram as a birth and postpartum family advocate and childbirth educator. Shishi Rose can be found on Instagram at Shishi, S H I S H I dot Rose. And Shishi is a super badass and this instagram feed is incredible and you should put it in your feed and follow along uh again shishi.rose on instagram awesome yeah back to our conversation yeah so a couple of things that i think are important to note if like abby was saying if your baby is feeding fine if they're gaining weight well, if you're not having any issues, don't just assume that your baby needs this procedure done. You know, really look into that and make sure that you are, you know, you're not just looking for problems. I hate to say it that way, but sometimes I feel like that's what's going on. Like you said, they're they're doing well and they go, oh my gosh, does my baby have this problem? I think they might. What do I do now? I looked on the internet. This is what they told me. If your baby is doing well, then let's not jump to that conclusion. If you are having some extreme pain with the feeds, that's not going away no matter what happens, no matter how much stuff you try, no matter what you do, and your baby and or your your baby is not gaining well, then that might be something that needs to be looked into. Is that the problem? But it could also be that your baby is not coordinated. Babies often are not coordinated. They they are having trouble getting their suck, swallow, breathe together and figured out. It could be that that's a problem. It could be that they have very tight jaw muscles and they are just clamping down. It could be that they are, you know, still dealing with some birth trauma, depending on the way your your baby was born. There's a lot of things that that could be going on there. So the bottom line is, and this comes right out of this you know, this article that I was reading, the bottom line is research does support performing phrenotomy for classic ankle glossia, which is the tip of the tongue, right to the tip of the tongue for breastfeeding problems. And we need to advocate that mothers get more lactation support rather than more phrenotomies. What it really comes down to is families do not have adequate support. That's what it comes down to. And we're taking our, our advice off of social media from people we don't even know instead of investing in a good lactation consultant that can help you solve your problems. Yeah. And, you know, how about we try, you know, like in my situation, you know, instead of trying to just say like, well, that could be the issue. Let's go there. You know, the the idea was like, well, let's try some of these less invasive things first. Exactly. Let's try these. Let's try these interventions that are quite simple that could that could fix the problem. And you know, so maybe it's not directly related to that. So when you try a couple of these more simple, less invasive things, and that still doesn't work, you know, then that's more information for you and your professionals to go off of. But sometimes but, it does work. Like in my situation, it did. Exactly. Exactly. But a lot of, and then I'm looking for it in this article. This wasn't a, a long article, so I didn't go through with my 
highlighter like I typically would do. (laughs) Uh, But one of the things that they were saying in this article, I can't find exactly where it was, was that there are so many other things that it could be that just jumping to one conclusion could be just devastating. I always try to do, just like you said, like I always try to do the most non-invasive things first. And I always tell the parents that too. Let's give it a minute. Let's, you know, figure out all these other things first. Let's go the most non-invasive route first and see what happens. You know, it's not like, oh my gosh, we need to do something the minute they've arrived on the planet. We need to fig- make sure the baby's, you know, getting the milk. If there's an extreme issue, they're not gaining. Mom's having so much pain. This is really what we're we're thinking is the problem. That's we're sure about it. Then okay, that's different. But if the baby is feeding okay, you know, we need to just kind of go, okay, is this are we sure that this is the problem? Are we sure? We want to make sure that we're not jumping to something that is could actually make the problem worse instead of better. Yeah. I mean, that happens with anything when you have an an issue and you start trying to figure out if you just start trying to intervene right away, you could make things worse or just simply not fix the problem. Right. Because if it's not the issue and then you go through the procedure and it's not that wasn't the problem, then the problem's still not solved. Exactly. Now you got to now you have two problems to solve. Now your baby has to figure out how to use this tongue again which has now been released mm-hmm. and whatever the original problem was too so here it says consumer and professional websites also influence the rising phrenotomy rate by listing a range of symptoms as reasons to perform a phrenotomy even though the symptoms can be attributed to other causes some symptoms that point to a likelihood of ankyloglossia are pain for the mother compressed nipples, and a clicking sound made by the infant when nursing. None of these symptoms are exclusive to tongue tie, but they are on the list. So if somebody contacts me and says, my baby's clicking, I know that could be a symptom of tongue tie because I read that on the internet and I'm having some pain and I'm really concerned that there's a tongue tie here. I'm going to ask them a lot of questions and we're going to have to look at a lot of different things before we just say, oh yeah, that sounds like exactly what it is. I'm not going to tell anybody that over the phone for one thing. Right. And you're going to want to know, okay, when is the clicking happening? Is the clicking happening throughout the entire thing? Is it happen no matter regardless what position your baby's in? Does it happen in the beginning of the feed or at the end of the feed? Or is it nonstop? What happens with the, with the, flattened nipples is that every feeding is that regardless of position there's so many things to look at that really it could be something completely different but all the symptoms are the same so if you see symptoms that say oh this is symptomatic of a tongue tie it doesn't mean that it is a tongue tie just means the symptoms are the same as a different problem too yeah and that's what my pediatrician because i always go to my pediatrician about things you know because whatever that's what you do when your kids are sick whatever and mm-hmm. i'll be like oh my god but i you know isn't this i'll like read on the internet you know whatever that like WebMD said about this thing and you know i'm like but but what about this and he's like that's not that doesn't that that's not that's not this situation 
I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> and <laughs> just the internet doesn't know your child. And I didn't, like, I never really fully, like, was absorbed what that ma- what that means. You know, like, the internet doesn't know your child and your specific situation. And it's like, well, my kids are pretty healthy. We don't have any major health issues. So that does, so it doesn't, that doesn't apply to me. It does because there's all kinds of things that could be going on, all kinds of other things that this very experienced medical pediatrician is going to ask me that the internet is not going to ask and not going to know and not going to be able to apply. So even though I don't have major health issues in my family, it still doesn't know how to apply the information to my specific situation. So he's just like that. He'll be like, "That's not no. That has nothing to do with this." I'm like, "Oh, okay." The internet can be a blessing and a curse, and we know that. I mean, Seriously. we all know that because it's great to be informed, but sometimes we get overinformed on the wrong thing. We do get overinformed. I feel overinformed on the daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and just that's about dangerous. anything. Just the news feed is overwhelming, and then you see one headline about something, and then I'm like, "Oh my god, everyone in my family has this." you know and then i freak out about it and it's just really it's hard to be in this information age it really is there's a lot happening and then people will ask me you know new families will ask me well if i don't address a tongue tie does that mean they're going to have speech issues i can't tell you what's going to happen with your child when they're eight that's not a fair question to ask anybody. And I don't tell people that. I mean, I tell them the research is, you know, inconclusive or, you know, I've talked to speech therapists who've said that they don't think it causes it. I've talked to ENTs that say they don't think it got, causes it. I've talked to other people that say they think it does cause language issues. There's no guarantees anywhere in this life. There really isn't. So I, I, to ask a lactation consultant or really any provider, what is this? If I leave it alone, will my child have problems seven years down the line? We don't know. We can't answer that. You know, we just don't know that. And the same thing with lip dye, with lip ties, because a lot of times people ask about lip ties. Is this going to cause interference with their teeth? I mean, maybe depending on the severity of the lip tie, but not necessarily. Right. I mean, it's, you know. And that's not a and that's not a reason to kind of move forward with the intervention if it's not the if it's not what is causing any issue right now. Right. You know, like maybe this tongue tie quite possibly, probably not, but maybe could interfere with speech down the line. That's not a great reason to proceed with a procedure right now. That may interrupt your breastfeeding relationship. Which may interrupt breastfeeding, you know, with a baby that's trying to figure out how to be in this world, you know. Um, Yeah, I've heard that too. Mm -hmm. And it's just, yeah, lots of things could possibly cause other things. Yeah. I mean, I have definitely had situations where having the tongue tie revised did help. I've had, you know, but I mean, I've dealt with thousands of families in the last 15 years. So I have seen it where it does actually, where it does help and it was a necessary yeah. procedure. And then I've seen many times where it was not a necessary procedure and it really caused a lot of problems. 
So I would make sure, I mean, the bottom line with this episode is get support from an actual lactation consultant, because this is another thing too, that a lot of pediatricians, I mean, they're just kind of, kind of go, you know, I mean, they don't, they don't know how it impacts breastfeeding necessarily. No. So you really need to no, get support and that's from the somebody other thing. who knows. Yeah. I think that's the other thing that happens too, is like dentists. They'll be like, oh, this is an issue. Let's, we need to fix this. You know, just because they see it, even though it's not really impacting anything. Mm-hmm. And then they make the recommendation to have it revised when it's it, maybe it's not necessary at all. Right. But they'll do it. They will. Yeah. Uh, so if you've gotten a revision, like a tongue tie revision, and now you're freaking out, don't freak out. Don't freak like, out. Sorry. <laughs> we didn't mean to like freak you out. Like, oh my God, it was probably not necessary. You probably messed everything up. That's no. not, that's not at all the situation. The situation is you're going to, everybody's going to be fine. Your breastfeeding will, you know, you will, it'll work out. And it maybe was the problem. Maybe very well was the issue. Um, and you can, you probably know for yourself that, um, you know, how confident you are in, that it was the issue and whether it's helping or not. And, and if it if it's not or you kind of feel like you run into a situation that you're still having issues, well, then you just get the same get the same help and support that you would would have before, you know, from a lactation consultant can help you be yeah. successful at breastfeeding. That's really what it comes down to. Like we we just don't want you getting information in the wrong places and we want you to get the the right help and support you need. And honestly, your parenting instinct is going to take you far. And I have a lot of families who will say, is this impacting breastfeeding or chest feeding? If it's not, I don't want to do anything about it. I want to I don't I don't want to do anything. I'm like, okay. That's great. You know, that's fine. Yeah. And I just kind of assess the situation and tell them what to watch for. And, you know, but you, your, your parenting instinct will kick in with stuff like this and you will know what to do. But don't take advice from people who don't know your baby. Right. I mean, if you happen, if you happen to have posted in one of those groups and somebody said they think your baby has a tongue tie, don't freak out because they don't know. They don't. They don't know at all. Somebody really needs to have hands on and see what's going on with your baby. And even then, like, that's what Abby did. Abby took her baby to somebody. And even then that person was like, ah, I'm not quite sure. Because, and I've said that to parents too. You know what? I'm not quite sure because it could be this, this, or this too. So why don't we not jump to conclusions and just try a couple other things? Right. Exactly. And that's what worked. What if you, what if she had said to you, Oh, this is what I think it is. Quick, go out and get a revision. And that wasn't the problem. Yeah, I would have gotten a second opinion, I think. Yeah. Because you can do that too. Absolutely. Ask Ask a lot of questions. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So good luck. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.